I am preaching a series of messages around the theme, Living Beyond Our Fears. Since we are human, we will always live with fear. And life can be quite scary, as we all know. But you and I can live beyond our fears when we appropriate for our lives the truth of those words that the Lord repeats so often. Don't be afraid. Fear not. This coronavirus epidemic we're all living through has exposed some of our deepest fears and our greatest needs. It has revealed a lot about who we are and what we hold most dear. And it has exposed some of the false gods that we've been worshiping. I ran across a poem that speaks powerfully to all this. It's entitled, We've All Been Exposed by Sarah Bourne. She says, we've all been exposed, not necessarily to the virus. I mean, maybe, who even knows, but we've all been exposed by the virus. Corona is exposing us, exposing our weak sides, exposing our dark sides, exposing what normally lays beneath the surface of our souls, hidden by the invisible masks we wear now exposed by the paper masks we can't hide far enough behind. Corona is exposing our addiction to comfort, our obsession with control, our compulsion to hoard, our protection of self. Corona is peeling back our layers, tearing down our walls, revealing our illusions, leveling our best laid plans. Corona is exposing the gods we worship, our health, our hurry, our sense of security, our favorite lies, our secret lusts, our misplaced trust. Corona is calling everything into question. What is the church without a building? What is my worth without an income? How do we plan without certainty? How do we love despite risk? Corona is exposing me. My mindless numbing, my, my endless scrolling, my careless words, my fragile nerves, we've all been exposed. Our junk laid bare, our fears made known, the band-aid torn, the masquerade done. So what now? What's left? Clean hands, clear eyes, tender hearts. What Corona reveals, God can heal. Come, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us. This pandemic has disrupted our lives and has certainly forced many changes upon us. It's affecting the way we interact with one another, the way we do business. And all this change can seem so overwhelming. Change, of course, is, is part of life. There's an old French proverb, the more change, the more the same old thing. Nothing in life stays the same ever. And yet we fear change. It's a scary thing to find oneself suddenly unemployed or have to take up a new job or to have to move away or to experience a change in one's personal relationships, be it marriage or becoming a parent or entering into retirement or dealing with the death of a loved one. Circumstances of our life can change on a dime. Life is full of disruptions and transitions of one kind or another. But change is so hard, so often hard, because it means leaving behind the familiar and the secure. 
It's doubly hard for those of us who practically live by the motto, give me security or give me death. Change cuts across the grain of our, of our natural conservatism. We, we instinctively cling to what we're used to. We are creatures who like to travel in well-worn ruts of routine. We, we just don't like the uncertainty of unfamiliar situations, which is why this pandemic we're going through is so stressful. We long for life to return to normal. Change is difficult not only in our personal lives, but in the church. Our church has changed so much in the years I've served as pastor. So many new people, so many changes in leadership and, and programs, so many changes in the community and in the, in the culture at large. Long gone are the days when you could just open up a church and expect people from the community to come. We're having to be much more thoughtful and creative and figuring out how to go out beyond our campus to reach people where they live and work and play. The way we did ministry 30 years ago no longer works. Today, we find ourselves in unexplored territory as we seek to share the gospel and make disciples. There's no map to follow, no programmatic silver bullet for surefire ministry success. We resist change because we just don't like uncertainty. We want to maintain control of our lives. It's so much easier to return to what we know in all its comfortable, predictable ways. We, we return to the safety of the past, even if it's full of weakness whether we're talking about the church or our own lives. But refusing to change is clearly not always the wisest course. Since change is unavoidable, it seems we can respond in one of two ways. We can either fear it and fight a losing battle by trying to keep everything the same, or we can embrace it and move out in faith, trusting God to lead, guide, and bless. In fact, I believe God often has a way of stirring us up out of our comfortableness and complacency, forcing us to do a little stretching and growing. I mean, some change is absolutely needful. The British preacher Leonard Griffith in one of his sermons tells of visiting a fair with his grandchild where there were a number of rides for children. And he watched the locomotive driver operate a little train. And it meandered around little curves and blew an eerie whistle and the engineer was a bit large for the small locomotive. Uh, essentially, he was stuffed into it. It looked a little bit comical. And Griffith said, I've never seen such a bored man in all my life. He would get in, start, navigate those turns, push that eerie whistle all day long. Griffith says this is a parable on life. Many of us are seemingly caught up in the monotony of sameness. Day after day, we travel along the same tracks of life and do the same things over and over. And the odd thing is that we seem to like it that way. At least it's what we're used to. We just don't like the uncertainty of the unfamiliar. And yet we condemn ourselves to a life of monotony and boredom. Someone has said monotony is the awful reward of the careful. We can live too carefully for our own good. Not all change is to be feared. In fact, change can be a healthy thing, and where it's healthy, it ought to be embraced. We are made for high adventure, after all. I like the way Eugene Peterson describes life with Christ. He calls it a risky, surprise-filled venture lived tiptoe on the edge of expectation. He says, if we get our information from the biblical material, there is no doubt that the Christian life is a dancing, leaping, daring life. 
But there is no adventure without change, without venturing out. We cannot become better people without change. It leads to new opportunities for personal and spiritual growth. God cannot bless us unless we actually move forward into the unknown in faith, trusting God to lead and to guide. God called Abraham to make a big change in his life. Listen to God's word as I read from the Old Testament book of Genesis, chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house, the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarah and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran, and they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. How hard it must have been for Abraham to, to respond to the changes that came into his life when God called him to leave his country and his people and his father's household to go to some land he had never explored. In those days, he just didn't do that kind of thing. I mean, his family must have thought he was nuts. He must have wondered about his own sanity. I mean, everything within him must have been, must have been telling him, stay right where you are. You are comfortable in the land of Ur of the Chaldees. You have a nice life. Why do something radical? And yet he felt God was calling him to change. So letting go of all that was familiar and secure, Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going, but trusting God to lead. Leaving was risky business, but he moved out in faith. And having done so, he was not only blessed, but became a great blessing to all. By stepping out in faith into the unknown, he inherited the promises of God. The people of Israel were called by God to undergo some radical changes. Having left oppressive and yet familiar, familiar Egypt, the people were up against all the uncertainties of the wilderness experience. And some of the people grumbled and talked about going back to Egypt where they at least had some security and enough food to eat. And yet Moses kept urging them to, to move forward in faith, trusting God to provide, though they too didn't know exactly where they were going. They were tested, they persevered, and they grew strong in their walk with God, learning trust one day at a time, and they eventually inherited the promised land. There's a beautiful passage from Deuteronomy that describes his care for his people, God's care. Reading from Deuteronomy chapter 32, 9 through 12. For the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob his allotted inheritance. In a desert land he found him, in a barren and howling waste. He shielded him and cared for him. He guarded him as the apple of his eye, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. The Lord alone led him. No foreign god was with him. Like the people of Israel, we, we tend to want to nest in familiar patterns of life, and we prefer to remain comfortable where we are. But like a mother eagle that stirs up its nest and pushes the eaglets out of the nest to fly on their own, so God stirs us up by bringing change into our lives. God disturbs us, and we are forced to stretch our wings and fly. Like a mother eagle who keeps a watchful eye over her eaglets, so God watches over us and shall come to our rescue. 
bearing us up on eagles' wings and guiding us to safety and to new heights. Through all the changes of life, God promises to hover over us and keeps constant guard over our welfare. That's a beautiful image of God's protective care. Scripture says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. As people of faith, we trust in God's promises to guide and to bless. And that's what Abraham did. It's what Moses did. It's what you and I are called to do. More often than not, God calls us to change. And it's only as we move out and follow his lead that God's able to bless us. Here's a question for you and I to ponder. What in my life is God calling me to change? What am I holding on to? What pattern of life have I settled into that is preventing me from experiencing God's best for my life? And I think we would do well to continually ask ourselves that question. This time of self-sheltering provides a great opportunity for prayerful self-examination reflection. Is our comfortable routine keeping us from what God would have us do and be? Has the Spirit of God been prodding us to make a change, but fear has kept us back? Could you and I take a step of faith in God's direction and begin to risk a little? I began this message saying that the only thing that's permanent in this life is change. But actually, that's not entirely true. The only thing that is truly permanent in the midst of continual change is our unchanging God. Only God is eternal. Listen to the psalmist as he speaks of God. Psalm 102, verses 25 through 27. In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will wear out like a garment. Like clothing you will change them, and they will be discarded, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. God is the one constant in a world of change. We meet God in Jesus Christ, His Son, who, according to Hebrews 13, 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that God's love for you and me will never change. Jeremiah 31, 3 says, I've loved you with everlasting love. In a sea of tumultuous change, His love is the anchor that will never let us go. We know that God's word will never change. In the words of Isaiah, the grass withers and the flowers fail because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. God's word has stood the test of time, still relevant. His word has been attacked by dictators, ridiculed by by critics, burned and outlawed, but it's outlasted all those folks. It's permanent. You can build your life on it. It's the solid rock that withstands every storm. His word is never out of date. It's forever relevant. It's the source of true wisdom. And we know that God's mission and purpose doesn't change. God is still sovereign, still in control, even though the world is in a constant state of flux and everything is so uncertain. God is still out to fix this broken world of His, working His purposes out. God wants nothing more than to bless the world and to save the world through His Son, Jesus. 
and he promises to bring your life and mine to a beautiful, fitting conclusion. If we are feeling anxious or unsettled or overwhelmed in all the changes of life, let's hold on to the one sure thing, the one constant we can count on, the anchor of our soul, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is forever faithful. He will never let us go. Praise be to God. Let us pray. Through all the changes of life, you remain the same, O God. You remain steadfast in your love for us. Thank you for being our sure anchor no matter what happens, no matter how far afield we may go. We look to you in faith and trust to lead us onward. We may not know what the future holds, but we know you hold the future. Help us to find our true security in you. Help us to be aware that change can be a good thing. Make us aware of those things that need changing in our lives so that we may experience your best for us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace, both now and forever. Amen.